0: Welcome back to Urchin Studios podcast. I say welcome back because it's it's been a while. It's been a while since we've podcasted, but we're here and we're back. We have new title music that I've just knocked together on Ableton. I hope you enjoy that. So for those of you who aren't familiar with this podcast, welcome, my name is Matt Ingram. I'm a, a musician, a producer, and a co-owner of Urchin Studios here in Hackney in East London. And in these podcasts, I talk with musicians who I know or have worked with. And today, my guest is Jordan McCamper. Jordan is a singer and a songwriter. He's originally was born in the, in the Democratic Republic of Congo, but then came to the UK... When he was, I think he, I think he was one or two, and grew up in Coventry. And I met him about two years ago. And in that time, we've we've written songs together. I also produced his last EP, Tales from the Broken, which I loved. I we had a great time making that. And I also I also actually co-wrote his his latest single, One in the Same which I wrote with him and the most excellent Benjamin Francis Leftwich Hi Ben I want you on this podcast Ben if you're listening expect a call from me too So yeah, I love Jordan he really is a a very special boy and we had a really nice chat and uh, I hope you enjoy it Oh, I should also say that there's a Spotify playlist of music that's relevant to our discussion today If you go to Urchinstudios.co.uk forward slash podcasts. You will find it there. Enjoy. Can I turn the game down a bit. See, this is like, this is a studio podcast, so it should sound relatively okay. Yeah, of course. It shouldn't sound like shit. Jordan, thanks for coming in, man. <laughs> right, <laughs> it's suddenly really formal, isn't it? <laughs> like, we've known each even, other. Even the way you're sat, is like,
1: <laughs> damn, this is but, a jump into you. I, I have, have, I have
0: questions. Um, no, back together. Th- thanks for coming in, and I'd say we we've been working together for like like two years. Where did it start with you, music? Like what like what's your earliest like, memories of of like creating music?
1: Um, my earliest memories of creating music come from, from like a very very young age. Actually, I think I may have been two or maybe even three. And we were we were living in North London at the time. Me and my mum. And it was just I uh, had this memory was just hearing the same C D that my mum would play every Sunday without fail of just like traditional Congolese gospel music. Right. And like I still know all the songs like back yeah. to front. Just and it and it brings back and it brings back such memories, but I guess that's like my oldest memory of hearing music. I guess creating it came from when I was maybe four or five in like nursery or so just like those little music lessons and I would always be the first one to grab an instrument and like the last one right. to put it down
0: okay
1: and I'd, I'd, ne- I'd never like make the loudest noise but I'd always try and make something in a form of pattern or something that sounded sounded reasonable
0: so Sh- like what, what was on in the house so your mom, your mum so yeah. your mum's from <clears> the <throat> Congo yeah and you were born there, mm-hmm. but you came over to the UK. How, how old
1: were you? One, one. one okay, one, so you don't one, one in a couple of months. So you, so you don't really remember your, your nothing. whatsoever. Your, your time. My you, mum, my mum tells me stories all the time. But I don't remember a single thing. Have you, I haven't been back since. Yeah, back
0: Okay, since. Okay.
1: It's 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 kind of dangerous territory to go back right now. To be honest, it, is it? Yeah, still. Okay. Still, still to this day, it's kind, it's kind of, kind of dangerous. There's a bit of a. There's a bit of democracy and war go, going on between the people and the government, and it's like it's it's not that difficult to go, but coming back could present an issue. Okay,
0: Partic- what coming coming back into the parti- UK, Particularly,
1: really? or leaving the Congo and coming back to the issue could be is coming back to the UK is an issue because okay. particularly if you have a British passport. Okay. Could could present okay. quite an issue.
0: But but you grew up listening to so yeah so what was on so you have saying there was this Congolese music on yeah. in the house.
1: Uh, so there's like a mix of traditional Western music and Congolese gospel, right? Like
0: I don't think I've ever heard any Congolese gospel music. Really? Do you know we we, we should do a do a Spotify playlist? What defines Congolese gospel
1: specifically? Horns, horns, okay. yeah big on horn section so you'd get like a and it sounds quite jolly but it's it's all in like the aspect of praise and and it'd be like the same lines repeated over and over and over again we just um, we worship you we praise you we thank you for what you've done Um, you've given us your blessings and we praise your name every day Jesus, Jesus, Jesus kind of thing
0: do you think that that has leaked its way into into you and your music oh for sure yeah <laughs> not
1: not in the sense of wanting to become like a gospel singer right, but right. in the way I understand rhythm and melody and harmony for sure it's definitely there's definitely like an afrocentric rhythm and core to my to my music that you can hear if you like really pay attention like there's certain patterns and stuff that come up all the time that come from listening to traditional Congolese music once mm. I was growing up.
0: We've never had this conversation, mm. but there was something in the way you played that was, I, I guess, just exotic to my ear. Yeah. And, and something, you know, really broadly mm. sort of African sounding. Particularly the way you, we, we I, I, I don't know if this is a particular Congolese thing or, or an African thing, mm. but you, you you, do like sort of those six, eight rhythms.
1: Oh, just, yeah, just that's, yeah, that that's a very, that's a very Congolese thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's definitely something that stemmed from my love of comedy music and my, just like my, my general roots and stuff.
0: In quite a few of the songs we've written actually, and in the the new, the new yeah, let's plug the new single. The yeah. new single that's out. The, the that's new. got that kind of yeah, you mm. know that the way in which you play it isn't a sort of isn't as like a Western six eight. I don't I I, I don't know how to describe it. Any, <laughs> no, do you know what I mean? It's not like a a, a folky six eight. There's something in the in the way.
1: There's a bounce do. to it. I I I definitely agree because. I don't think it's anything I'm going to not do for for quite some time because it's just it's just in me, it's it's in my blood. Like whenever I hear whenever I hear music I think about the way it's played and what other rhythms could fit into that rhythm, like what's the counterpoint to yeah. to what's what's currently being played. And I think that stems from just what I was listening to whilst I was growing up.
0: You're quite you're quite a good drummer, Jordan. Mm. When we recorded your second EP I'll put this on the on the Spotify playlist well, mm-hmm. if people haven't heard it but the song Battle Cry yeah just to say for the, fun. just to say for the record most of the drumming on it is you it's not me yeah I'd like, love to love to take credit for that <laughs> <laughs> I think I played a, I think I played a bit but but most of like the heavy lifting of of those rhythms mm. was you and and they sound great and all, I mean I, I don't mean to sort of well, name any names but a lot of singer songwriters aren't good drummers do you know what I mean yeah Or when, sometimes when, you know, I know certain things, say, oh, I'll play drums on this.
1: You're Mm. like, okay, I'll I'll replace that afterwards. Uh, (laughs) So did you actually play drums? Um, Yes, but I I I never really had lessons. I just had access to a drum kit in the studio that was next door to my house whilst I was growing up in Coventry. Right. Like any time I wanted to play drums, I'd like wake up at like 10, have a shower, get dressed, walk a minute and just... Play drums for. So, so what was the
0: studio next to your house? So it
1: was it was essentially a, a youth center.
0: Okay.
1: Called the Venny, okay. and it had three studio rooms, and in each room you were there was like a there was like a monitor, like a mixing desk and a monitor speakers, like a small a small keyboard which you just sample stuff with. But in the main live room that had the sound recording booth in there was um an electronic drum kit okay. and in the in the hall where they had the snooker table and the pool table and the table tennis table there was actually a live drum kit and whenever no one was recording in the main room i'd always go in and, ju- and just like play drums Wh- whatever i was hearing in my head mm-hmm. i'll try and work it out on on a drum kit and in the main hall where the pool table was and the table tennis table there was an actual live drum kit that had like the crashes okay. and mm-hmm. the stairs and, mm-hmm. and the kicks and i'd always ask and just say is anyone coming in from like this time to this time? He'd be like, no. He's like, is it okay if I use it? And he'd be like, yeah, it's fine. Just as long as you close the door. So I'll close the door. And just play drums for two and a half, three hours straight. Okay. I just put in my headphones and just play to what I was, whatever I was right, listening okay. to at the
0: time. Because whenever I've seen you play, like yeah, it's clearly you, you you've done it before. You've yeah. obviously, you've obviously spent like, time. You have time. I spent time behind the camera.
1: Yeah. Kid, I, I, could, I could. We we can never afford lessons at the time, so I was just like. I'll teach, I'll teach myself just to, like, understand the fundamentals of... If I was ever in a studio and wanted to play something and knew that potentially I could be the only one to play it or no one else could really understand what I wanted, I could just sit down behind a kit mm-hmm. and get and get like a rough sketch and then eventually bring someone in who's a professional like yourself to do it properly.
0: Or, or not. Yeah, Or uh, not.
1: You know, or not.
0: So, Who knows. So going back to it, so you had... So what else was was around in terms of your influences and what you were listening to? You know, when you were growing up, mm. so, you, so you were saying we had Congolese mm-hmm. gospel. What what else
1: was was being played in the Macamper household? Whitney, Whitney. Yeah, my mum. Yeah. my mum is one of the biggest diva fans. Right, like of all time, she loved Whitney, Diana Ross, The Supremes, Martha Reeves, Shaka Khan. I don't hear that in your music so much. Not not <laughs> no. You you won't you won't find. Maybe it's there. You won't find that aspect of of that in my music, but just the love of music my mum gave me is something I'll always cherish. because I can't remember a time in my house where it was silent. Right, right. There was there was always something playing, and I remember I remember being in the kitchen. Anytime my mum would cook, she'd always listen to music, and we just like right. cook together and like sing and have a dance. And it's something I always cherish.
0: That's great. Yeah,
1: because I think that really bonded my love for music with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's that's what we share.
0: Yeah, that's great. I have a 2-year-old. I'm trying to sneak good music. Yeah, but she just wants to listen to like horrible, you know, music for children. Yeah, music for the the teeny kids yeah. like uh, which is which is horrible, but she she loves it. When she was really little, I put music on. Yeah. I mean I'm talking when she was like like 3-4 months old. Yeah. And weirdly, like the, the stuff she really responded to was like anything heavy like that doesn't surprise NCDC, me at all. She would, like kind of, and that I was like, "Yes!" Me at all. But since she's since she's got a bit older, older, since she's you know not a baby anymore, like I I play her like like I put on some like Slipknot or stuff, and she's like not into it. No, no, none of it. Yeah, yeah there's, there's hope for her. Yeah, though I think. But um, it wouldn't
1: surprise me if she does become a child when she's
0: older. Well, I'd I'd obviously like love it if she, I think it's if she did if she did. But obviously, I don't want to be one of those dads who's like. Forcing her, you know, I taking think, away I think, coloring I think,
1: pencils for drumsticks.
0: I, yeah, I think, I think, <laughs> I think as well. Like, I don't know if you, but when I was when I was growing up, there were certain parents who like forced their kids to like learn instruments, mm. and the the child clearly has no love for it, mm. but they're just made to. It's like some of those I don't know those sort of like child prodigies, Chinese or Korean sort of prodigies. Yeah. Who, who are like playing Rachmaninoff symphonies on mm. piano symphonies, but they're sort of dead behind the eyes. <laughs> There's something really, wi- something really weird about that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I, don't want to do that to my daughter. But yeah. man, obviously, if she, if she discovers music and she loves it, mm. oh, it'd be, it'd be amazing. yeah. But anyway, so going back to because <laughs> so, so going back to young Jordan. So there was yeah. a, there was a mixture of, of I guess. We can say like African mm-hmm. and uh, Western influences. Yeah, and then so when and then when did you start actually like writing songs?
1: A lot of the songs I used to write when I was younger were originally poems. Oh, like so I, I used, used to. to write, I, lyric. I used to. I used to write poetry like constantly. Really. And then try and make them into song. because one year for my birthday I got this like. Eighteen key Casio white keyboard, and I remember that being how, like my, how old? How old were you? eight? Right. Okay. It was around the time. It was around. It was around the time my sister was born.
0: Right.
1: And I remember getting. I remember getting this keyboard for my birthday, and I would constantly use it. Like I would. There wasn't a moment where you could catch me not playing that thing. I'd be playing it whilst watching TV, or right. like having my dinner. It was just <laughs> constantly next to right, me. right, right. And then one day, it got stolen. When we had some family relatives come over from France, they, like, took it with them, thinking I was giving it to them as, like, a parting gift. I was like, wait, no, no, <laughs> like, you, you you, can't take that, it's mine. They're like, you just gave it to me. I was like, no, I didn't. Like, it started to bawl my eyes out. Oh, and then they just, like, ran off with it, I and mean, I never saw it again. even after you started crying? Yeah, 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 they just, like, ran off with it. And I it was like, it's fine, it's fine. I was like, no, it's not fine, it's mine. <laughs> yeah till this day, I'm, I'm still holding that grudge. Have you
0: have you seen
1: have you seen I don't them since? Contact. No,
0: I'm not surprised.
1: They sound they keyboard.
0: <laughs> what kind of sounds did that have? Think a cheesy Casio. Oh sound? yeah, Casio very
1: set. very very cheesy, very cheesy typical keyboard sounds.
0: Right. Do you think you've developed a love for those sounds now? Um. Maybe so. Maybe so. I, I really like 8 bit squelchy drum sounds. And I realised it's because I had, um, I'm older than you, and I had an early Spectrum, which was like a. a
1: What's a Spectrum? A Spectrum
0: was a computer.
1: I feel like I'm showing my age. Yeah, image. no,
0: no, no. A Spectrum was a computer. The games were on, were on cassettes, were on tape cassettes. Damn. Yeah, and they used to put them in. Used to load them up, and they they take like take like ten minutes to load. And the graphics were like really blocky. Right. The music was pretty primitive, but mm. it, there was a kind of squelchy, glitchy mm-hmm. kicks and snare sounds. Mm-hmm. But and I grew up playing them, and i realised I I love those sounds, mm-hmm. and I put those sounds into a lot of things that I do. Because like they, they bits out. yeah they please me particularly. There's something I'm working on recently, which I won't. Say what it is, because I'm still working on it. But if I get like a sort of, I don't know, like a sort of 808 sort of snare sound, mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. that sounds all right. But then if I totally just... Distort it. Bit, bit crush it completely, mm-hmm. suddenly to my ear. It, it sounds like, It better. suddenly, suddenly <laughs> this is great. It's got loads <laughs> of characters. And, and, and I think it's because those sounds represent a, a kind of comfort for me. Mm. So I was wondering if in the Casio sounds, you know, if that was your first experience yeah. of like... Maybe on the on your new record, there's going to be loads of like lo-fi, maybe. lo-fi Casio sounds. Maybe so, there.
1: maybe so. It'd be interesting to see someone incorporate like video games and music like live on stage. So say for example, using like an old Nintendo sixty four controller that they've managed to sync up with Ableton as triggers for right. drum pads and create something live on stage or replicate a track that they've already released by using different controllers so like on an xbox controller the d-pad would like trigger these synths and then you'd have your yab yabds and they'd like provide your crashes and your like keyboard sounds someone might have done that maybe that's going to be you maybe 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 Maybe. (laughs) Maybe you're the person yeah. who's going to do that. When all this music stuff doesn't work out, that's what yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. That's interested. that's that's the next that's the next
0: thing. Yeah. Like I was saying, I've never had this chat with you, particularly so kind of formally now. Yeah. Also, but as as to as to as, as to your background, mm. everything you're saying comes as like no surprise in terms of like your kind of influences. Mm. So something something I wanted to ask you was what is important to you as a songwriter? What's like, important
1: to me? Yeah. Somewhere, um, honesty.
0: What, did the, what 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 does that mean to so you?
1: So, to me, it's just kind of... Irre- it just means telling my truth. Right. And telling my story and my experiences in the best way that I can and not trying to replicate it in a way that somebody else has already done. And particularly being a singer-songwriter who's also, like, a person of colour in those sort of genres that I make, of just like, traditional sort of... Folk music that's kind of modern that has like hints of soul. There's there's not like there's not many of us, and I think it's important to just share my story and my experience of just what I've been through in in the two genres that I've managed to combine and the music that I that I make. Did you have you listened to much folk? Did you, yeah. Is that kind of in your? So
0: who are your kind of folk pillars?
1: Um, a big one for me when I was a teenager was. Ben Howard, Ben Howard's first record was definitely an album that I had on repeat for a very long time. Um, yeah, I know. I know that record influenced a lot of people. Mm, it, yeah. it played. It played a big part, particularly in the way I play guitar now. It's. It definitely. I wouldn't call that
0: folk. Really? Not, not
1: what, I'm not. I'm not. Not saying it's but what, I, I what, what would you call it? Because a lot of people have said this. They say they wouldn't. Yeah, call it folk just I, because of.
0: For me, folk is just—I don't know, like like Woody Guthrie and like early Dylan. I, I I consider that folk. Early Dylan, yeah, I, I you understand. know the sort of folk music and 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 then really traditional Irish Celtic, you know that that right. that sort of folk music. So
1: so would you say that there is one genre of folk and then subgenres of it?
0: Yeah, okay. I, to, to, be honest, to be honest, it's 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 kind of
1: because when most I, people I, think of folk. They think, like, Bob Dylan, like you said, and Bruce Springsteen and... I wouldn't see Bruce Springsteen... This is the thing. But the point is, is that, like,
0: I find musical categorization Right, OK. For, or, it's difficult to do it because... Yeah. It's almost for journalists <laughs> to, mm. to do that. Because right. I think I think that most musicians that I work with, they, we're all just a sort of sum of our influences, aren't mm-hmm. we? Mm-hmm. And, and everything that we do and we create just sort of goes through our filter mm. which is a combination of you know our creativity right. our tastes and the shit that we've listened to mm-hmm. and any a, any innovation that we're able to slap on it as mm. well mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? but going back to Ben Howard I mean there's definitely there's obviously like folk influences mm. in it yeah of course you know I, I, I just wouldn't call it's it, funny, I, just I call wouldn't
1: I wouldn't call myself a folk artist now that you said this right. I would say I'm an alternative folk artist. Right, right. Because when I think of when I think of traditional folk artists like Joni Mitchell, for example. Right. I wouldn't say I make music like Joni Mitchell. But there are elements of what she does that I aspire to do, but not everything. So in the way that she thinks of melody and lyrics and how she spaces them out, I wouldn't necessarily do them the same way. Sure. I think of an alternative way of doing it, which is why I'd say I'm an alternative. But in, in that way, I guess you could say, because, I mean, everyone's alternative in that they're,
0: mm. they're, they're trying to represent their own truth. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, all, subjective, it's yeah. all subjective, isn't it? But going back to what you said earlier, you said honesty is important to yeah. you. Just specifically, like, what does that word mean to you in music?
1: Just not making up a story for the sake of releasing music or trying to make music because i feel like along the way you'll get you'll get caught in in the lie that you've created yeah. and then you're eventually gonna have to backtrack and be like oh no i didn't say that well people will be like well you did like it's here like we can see what you've done we can trace back your your truths, quote unquote yeah to, yeah to this point so i think as long just as long as you're honest throughout the journey you're, you're going through people will gravitate to that they'll gravitate to your music because you're telling the truth in in a way that they haven't heard or they feel the same way as you do about something
0: yeah i i think that's very interesting actually the the, the whole notion of like honesty
1: and like authenticity in music that's a conversation that can go on for hours
0: yeah. you know, you'd say someone Someone like Dylan is—he's oh, an, an honest folk singer, singer songwriter. Hmm. But then, I think Bowie is honest in yeah. that, like, he—he he created. Okay, he, okay, he's not talking about his life, perhaps, in the mm. way that like Joni Mitchell was, mm-hmm. and. But there's an honesty in Bowie in that when he was Ziggy, he—he he, he clearly isn't from space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he's not being. You know, but he's like sort of creating these he's more of an actor and he's creating yeah. these parts but you, you but then you wouldn't <coughs> say that someone like Bowie is like dishonest because you know you're not
1: yeah a Martian or, no, or yeah, do you know what yeah, I'm saying
0: I just find like, like the notion of honesty
1: but then would you say that Bowie was a folk artist no no he wasn't because so I think when you're a singer singer songwriter you sort of, that notion of authenticity is number one like it's the thing that you have to stick by because most of the time when you're a singer songwriter, it's just you and a guitar. Like there's nothing to hide. There's nothing to hide behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like once the curtain's open and it's just you on stage with the guitar, there is there is nothing to fabricate because yeah, you're yeah. you're bearing yourself. Absolutely, bearing but your but, but, you,
0: but I guess you can do that. You you can sort of create a character mm. for yourself. Going back to you, I guess that's not really your style to, to, to do that. It's it's no. more your style just to. Talk about what you know. Yeah. And talk about things that are important to you. Mm. Like you were saying, that's mm. what folk means to a lot of people. Yeah. It's the ability to to to, to kind of talk about your life in an honest and mm. and way that's sort of true to yourself. Yeah. I mean I I have I've been having various sort of variations on this conversation actually. And and I've come, I've come to think that it doesn't matter who or what you are in music you sort of have to be who you say you are in that it, ma- it doesn't matter it doesn't matter
1: who you say you are
0: well you have to be so so for example Justin Bieber is being honestly Justin Bieber like he's not I wouldn't say Justin Bieber is being inauthentic do you know what I mean he's being Justin Bieber right and um, or if Bieber suddenly w- went in like uh, like a metal direction right he's suddenly going to start doing screamo right? right everyone would be like what are you doing this clearly isn't you yeah Bieber being a pop, being a sort of big, enormous diva pop star, it mm-hmm. was like, yeah, that's clearly who you are. That's yeah. that that's an honest fit for, mm-hmm. and, and in music but we is we it, all, though?
1: I think or so. Is, or is I this? So. Yeah, again, yeah. like you said earlier, the persona that he's created. But but that, but he he fits those clothes. Like Michael
0: Jackson was, you wouldn't you know call, call him like a folk singer or something. He was no. a, just a. a this sort of otherworldly figure. He was an entity. He was an entity. And really and, and obviously, who he was on stage, because mm. he's fucking Michael Jackson. Yeah. And then when you see him off stage, he's this shy, quiet this shy man,
1: yeah. who's just... Like, how do you get from one but to I another? I believe it's because we... It's because we, we hyped him up to that point, that he wasn't... That there was no way that he could be that shy, timid, quiet person on stage, and and people still and still people have the same love that they did for him, particularly because he started off in show business so young. That's yeah. all. That's all he knew. And the minute, the lights went on and the curtains opened. Boom! He had to perform. So that when, so that when the show was done and he could truly be himself, that's when he really saw Michael for who he is. And I don't think that. Michael on stage was actually Michael the Michael that we saw in interviews where he was just very quiet and to himself and timid that was really him oh, who knows I mean m- maybe he,
0: he like you say he started so young mm. that maybe he felt he could only be himself on stage you know that was That's where that was where I mean h- h- bringing this back to you didn't we met each other like two years ago yeah I have worked with you and wrote with you on and off and in the studio for about eighteen months before I saw you play live. Really? Yeah, I have only seen you play once, man. It wow. was it was, support, it was at the Village Underground. Uh, who were you supporting? Really? Was it that gig? The Get Kate get cake Yeah, get fly gig? Was it that gig? It was that gig, right? Because I know you. I know you pretty well. Yeah. And I felt that the Jaws and I got on stage right. was very sim- Was just the same thing. Yeah. You know, That's you're, good. You're, That's you're sort of like you just you. I, I kind of recognised mm. like the person on stage as you. Mm-hmm. So I can see why you're coming at this from this angle. Whereas apparently, if you meet Iggy Pop
1: mm-hmm.
0: in in not in the context of a gig, he's mm. like really nice, mannered, mm. softly spoken, calm mm-hmm. person. But when you see him on stage, he's got his. He looks like a wild animal. Yeah, He's, like, often bleeding. <laughs> just, just, Foaming just, at the mouth. Yeah. I don't know. I guess in context of this conversation,
1: mm-hmm.
0: some people, I feel, need to adopt a persona. You clearly don't. That's the kind of not your mm. thing. But to get on stage, it's like a lot of actors you meet are really shy.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, you know, they need to sort of adopt this thing. It's Freddie Mercury. Hated being. In, I'm a big Queen fan. I love. Mm. Never has there been like a more charismatic frontman. No. And then when you see him in interviews, he's such a shy, just
1: a shy man. I don't know what it is about performing on stage that brings out this exuberance in in people, but it's. Does it bring it out in you? How, but it, it, this is this I've touched How are you getting on with performing? Are you Are you enjoying it? I'm. I'm loving every second. But I've been. I've been performing at, at this sort of. Level for quite some time, so it's something I'm getting used to. But I hope it's something I don't get used to. Right. I love the feeling of coming off stage after an absolutely incredible gig and just being like, "Yeah, let's do that again tomorrow." Right, right, right. It's it's one of it's one of the best feelings in the world. But it's I don't know what to explain. I don't know how to explain how a performer that electricity on stage that you get when. The crowd is with you, and the and the setlist is working, and everything's sounding great. There's there's something in the air that just can't be replicated anywhere else. Yeah. Even when I'm not playing with a band and it's just me on my own, and and the crowd is still that engaged, it's it's undescribable. Yeah. I remember doing a gig last year in November in Brussels, and it was one of those gigs where it was a free gig on a on a on a Thursday night, and I'd never played in Brussels like a headline show on my own before. And I was only expecting maybe 40, 50 people to come. Like, not many at all. Like, I didn't really have that many expectations. And it got to 10 minutes before I was going on stage. And the room was full with people queuing up and down the stairs, trying to get in. I was just like, what the hell is happening? To just get that sort of reception in in a place you've never really played on your own before and just... Understand that your music has travelled this far. Yeah. And it's hit this many people. Yeah, it's great. And, and they're here to see you. And that was one of the best shows I played last year. Do
0: you get nervous in that situation?
1: I don't get nervous when I play you shows. You don't? I don't get nervous. You don't? No. Well, you're a weird one. I, 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 <laughs> I know. When I saw you, you didn't
0: look nervous. Yeah, that's no. what a big
1: show you did. You looked just like... I, I don't know why I don't get nervous. And it sounds like a really like douchey thing to say, but I just... <laughs> I, I, just, I, just I just don't. It's just... I think it's just because I want to be doing this so much. You obviously get the... I was, I was watching this documentary. It wasn't
0: a music documentary, but it was about Formula One races. Mm. And this driver was talking about how when you're uh, travelling in a car at like mm. 200 miles an hour or however, and he said you're you're, you're, continually, you're continually at the limit mm-hmm. of like what you're physically able to do. You're going as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. When you're at that point... Suddenly, your senses become, like, hyper-aware. Mm-hmm. You're just hyper-aware. And that's basically addictive. And I think... And I liken that to a gig, actually, is, is that, like, there's something mm. about a gig that feels dangerous in that you don't want to fuck up, right?
1: Yeah, of course.
0: And there's suddenly all of these people there. And therefore, your your senses just... you just become really... You know, you have these sort of spider senses, yeah. right? Of, like... You, you know, know exactly know, where everyone like, is. You know where it is, and, you, and you're, like, right? It's really... Yeah, because nothing, nothing focuses your zone. mind, like, fucking up in front of 500 people or whatever, yeah. whatever. even, like, 10 people. You obviously don't get affected by nerves
1: no. like that. It- I haven't been affected by nerves in in a really long time. I just got to one point where I was just like, you're not going to get another chance to repeat this day and repeat this gig. So just go out and do your best. That's all anyone can, anyone can ever ask from you. And since then, I haven't been nervous once. That's a great attitude. I think I think that's how musicians should look at every gig. Many don't. I know, and it's <laughs> you know what I mean. And it's a shame because I know some incredible musicians who get crippled by anxiety and nerves before they go on stage. Right. I'm just like, you know, you're a badass, right? And it's and it's unreal to think that some of the most exciting performers that you'll ever see in this generation are like nervous wrecks backstage before 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 they go on, and it's. But I think. If that's what helps them get through a gig, sort of mentally preparing themselves and psyching themselves up and just doing breathing exercises, then Mm. if that's what it takes, then then so be it. But I just think, as far as we know, we've only got one life. Yeah. So go out and give it your best shot. I think everyone that I've worked
0: with and know has very different experiences of nerves and stuff. Mm. I think I'm somewhere in between you he just doesn't seem to give a fuck. <laughs> i like, to do this, and I'm not someone that gets crippled with nerves. But if I, I did a I did a show a couple of weeks ago, which mm. I was quite nervous, and I felt it was good. Yeah, I, I like I like yeah. I I like that feeling. It's like mm-hmm. yeah, a bit of oh yeah, yeah. On, this It becomes a bit of a battle almost, yeah. and I, I quite like that. And there there have been times in in my career where I've, I've gone on stage i'm not going to get into the who's and where's but but i haven't felt anything mm. <laughs> and i've kind of think why am i you know not i didn't why am i doing this but mm. but i like that feeling of the slight adrenaline you know yeah. the like, slight. i don't know I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it fear that adrenaline the, the 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 extra surge of whatever it is that you feel mm. maybe some people perceive that as fear whereas you perceive that as just come on yeah I, it's like you know get I mean? it's
1: like get ready juice this, this. get the get ready juice yeah
0: yeah I, I don't know what it is for me it's it's there's a bit of fear in there a tiny just mm. a, just a lick of it so you got your first single coming out soon yeah i'm not sure when this is going out so i won't I'm not i won't sure i won't say okay <laughs> and um and then you 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 you're ready to make to make your record how how are you yeah. how are you feeling about it?
1: i've been waiting to make a record ever since i started making music so i'm right. more than excited, more than ready to just give it my best shot because you've only got one chance at making your first album. Once yeah. you've made your first album, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't make another yeah, yeah, first yeah, yeah, yeah. album. So I'm definitely ready to show off all these songs that I've been sitting on for the past two and a half, three years. Great. That I just desperately wanted to leak and be like, oh, who you know, oh no, who's done that? But haven't, so. Where are you finding your, your sort of inspiration at the moment? At the minute, I think it's just coming from... The, pe- the people that I spend time with and the time I spend with myself a lot of the a lot of the songs that I write on my own tend to come from just self-discovery right? and just looking back at where I've come from and how far I've come as well and just writing about those experiences whether they be positive or, or negative mm. and just jotting them down because i've been i've been in the mood to start writing a journal right like really keeping track of just like my day-to-day life as i'm as i'm like going as i'm going through this journey because i've recently just turned 24 and i feel like at this point in my life or where i am right now i'm never going to experience this again true sure. because it's going by incredibly quickly. If we think that by the time by ne- by this time next month, we'll already be at half the year. Half the year's already gone. It's yeah. it's it's crazy it's crazy to think about and I think I and I feel like I should be documenting some part of this. Do, do, and do you, not just for do, the sake of social media. Do
0: you not feel that you're documenting it in your in your music? You obviously write from like a very autobiographical in fact I think about the work that we've done together mm-hmm. and the stuff that I've heard all of your songs they're all from a sort of personal point of view. correct me if I'm wrong but they all seem to be from a from that's very from a accurate. personal point of view yeah
1: that's that's very accurate
0: you know you don't write characters you tend to write
1: in a very yeah. personal sense it's it, it's it's all I, it's all I know how to do so I, I couldn't do anything
0: else but in terms of like documenting your existence Mm. do do you don't you do not feel that like you're doing that in the songs that you're writing
1: yes but it's also there are also parts that i don't document in music that i feel like i should just write down in my own personal journal so that i when i'm like 38 or like 50 i can look back at that time because i've managed to save it on like a like a usb and just Plug it into whatever hologram we're using in a couple of years. <laughs> Plug it time. straight this, into your brain. Yeah, one, one of those, and just I just think I just think that's like wow, that's what I was doing at the time. That this yeah. is this is how I was feeling. This is what I was experiencing. This is the these are the, the steps I was, I was taking to get to this point.
0: Yeah, that's that's interesting. I, I kept a diary when I was a teenager. Yeah. And um,
1: I you say was, that like you're ashamed. You should. I am. Been.
0: I am. Why? I am. I am because. Why? But because. I, I, my mum had a clear out of like stuff mm-hmm. from the, it, it, there was a box of like my teenage shit mm-hmm. in my house mm-hmm. my mum was like do you want this otherwise I'm going to chuck it out I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. so it was kind of cool it was all photographs and stuff. Mm-hmm. but but I, I kept like a journal about six months I'm just a sort of walking teenage cliche basically of just trying <laughs> to get laid and just you know, i, I find it I find it pretty embarrassing. Mm. Um I am and I'm sure, you know, twenty four you, you your your journal would be a bit more considered. Um and do, do you know what I wish I could have a journal of? maybe in the future we'll be able to do this. Mm. So, so I was at um I went to a, what would you call it? Like a, like an NCT. you said know N C T is a like a parents group
1: right. thing with yes. my daughter. Yeah. It's like a
0: like a jumble sale thing, mm-hmm. right? And I went into this hall and I don't know if this ever happened to you. And I stopped and I was in like, what is that smell? I, know, I smell I, that truly really is Yeah, I Yeah, I know, I know. I know that smell. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, it took me a couple of minutes mm-hmm. and it, it smelled exactly the same as my as the, my school um, canteen, mm-hmm. which I really liked. I love school canteen. <laughs> me too. <laughs> They're fucking great, yeah.
1: right? Potato um,
0: smileys. Do uh, you know what I liked? I liked the... I'm glad we're talking about the important shit. Now. Yeah, of course. I liked that you used to get those sponge with the chocolate custard. Chocolate custard? Yeah, it was it was
1: dirty. Do you mean those little cakes that had like the icing and the sprinkles on it?
0: No, th- this, at least at my school, it was just a just a kind of spo- a chocolate sponge pudding. Right. Usually a sponge pudding. Then with like a, a, ch- a chocolate custard. Nah. banging, Really good. But anyway, I went into this, uh, this, this hall and I smelled mm. the smell. And I was like, and I thought, I wish there could be a bank of smells from your life. If you could document the yeah. smells... And and categorise them so it's like, oh, this is what your bedroom smelled like when you were five, like, right? So, or, or whatever. Maybe I think
1: because occasionally, like I think once we have s- that, though. do we have that? Not an actual bank, but just if we were to recreate the smells in a lab, our um, our memories would trigger back to those places.
0: Absolutely, and and it happens. Those memories happen randomly, like mm. like once a year or something. You'll. You'll walk in somewhere and you'll go, oh, my God, that's
1: yeah.
0: whatever. And sometimes I, ha- I get it where you, you kind of go in and you'll smell something and you'll, you'll be like, I don't, That's I know that, mm-hmm. but I don't know, I can't quite pinpoint where. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think, are those memories like when I'm like two? It, is it just in my smell bank? Right. I was too young. You know what I mean? I yeah. was too young. Whatever. Smell bank. The smell bank. Going back to going back to you and your writing, you are documenting your life, Jordan. In-,
1: in in a in a musical sense, yes, but there there are aspects of of my life that I that I don't document, and particularly in this day and age of social media, I don't want to get caught in that trap of posting something on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram just for the sake of just for the sake of posting because because you because you get told that this is what people want to see from you or yeah, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. this is this is the hot new thing that's going to take you to new heights like because w- at what point is it going to get to where we're not just sharing we're not just treating our on online our online personas as like personal diaries well i think a lot of people do but but where's where's the limit well i think well, i think it's different for different people where's the limit for you so for me it's it's anything to do with my family or my relationship i tend to keep i tend to keep those parts fairly private like i don't i don't talk about i don't talk about my mum or or my sister or Mm. my girlfriend that much on online unless it's just like a a funny quip that I think that somebody would somebody yeah. else who's yeah. who's got like a like minded sense of humour would, would also find funny yeah. but like I'll, I'll never I'll never express like personal personal things about them because you never know what pe- what people's mis- perception of you may be after they've seen something like that of you yeah. I'd just rather keep those things to myself yeah. because when, when when you're a musician you have to remember that all of your social media profiles they're not personal their business so how so how much of your personal life do you want to put into your business because at the end of the day if you take those if you take those like social media profiles away you're still a musician like that doesn't change but once something's on the internet you can't take it away
0: yeah I mean that that's the thing isn't it but so much of our lives so much of our personal experiences and our loves and our fears and everything that we are like ends up becoming like the tapestry of like the work that we mm-hmm. create as musicians, right? Mm-hmm. But going back to it, everyone's got a line of what they will will and like won't share yeah. on Twitter. And for me, it's anything to do with my family. Mm. I struggle with social media in the studio. <coughs> mm-hmm. I find that when I tweet and when I Instagram, it, which I haven't been doing a lot of recently, it tends to be when I'm on tour. Mm-hmm. Because for me, touring is like a... It's, it's an outward... You're performing, it, mm. so I'm sort of looking outwards at just generally. Mm-hmm. Um, so to tweet or to send an Instagram of us during the show or, mm. or whatever, whatever, whereas in the studio, for me, the studio is a sort of very intimate space, sacred. Yeah, sacred. Maybe, yeah, maybe use the word sacred. So I'd say more intimate. I feel like, like, what's going on? Like, if if you, the studio is a kind of intimate space, and you're sort of really. Giving a lot of yourself mm-hmm. at that moment, and suddenly whipping my phone out mm-hmm. and taking a picture of that
1: moment—it's
0: mm-hmm. kind of breaking down that that the, the, the wall. It's sort of letting something in because I do do it sometimes, but I'd say most of the time doesn't feel welcome to me. And I don't mind people doing it. You know what I mean? So you know, someone posts an Instagram mm. of. of of me playing drums or mm-hmm. sometimes it's, you know, record, which is dull as yeah. fuck me changing some knobs on a mm. compressor or yeah. something. And people want to do that, that's cool, but for, but for, but for me, I, I can never seem to find a time to do it that feels
1: appropriate. I always tend to do it once the session is done. Right. Because you, you've now left that yeah. creative space. know so yeah. You're like on your way home on a bus or on a train and... There's there's no there's 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 no walls. like the 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 space of like vulnerabilities now has is not gone until until the next day
0: everyone's got their their they kind of lines with it haven't mm. they and and what what they will and won't share some people mm. sort of share too much yeah can you you need to stop sharing he's everything you're thinking in a sort of unfiltered way
1: i can't i'm I'm done with defending him now. <laughs> like I, I really am. I re- really, re- I really, really am. Like I can't.
0: Yeah, I think I, that these these recent comments. Yeah. Are just, what are you talking about?
1: I don't understand how the son of a former Black Panther member could say such things as slavery sounded like a choice. And I think that yeah, he, what he, what he said was it's incredibly rude but just it's incredibly ignorant too because like, it, it's as if like he wasn't thinking of the repercussions of what he said he was just saying it to to say it and i'm just like how like i don't i don't i don't know how he how he could have gotten to that point maybe he was thinking about the repercussions
0: and that he knows that like this is just going to cause the fucking shitstorm and, and then drop an album, <laughs> But but you know, the, but there are controversial figures that sort of trade in no, noise, they they, they yeah. know that they can generate noise. Mm. But I agree with you. A lot of people knew Kanye for his outspokenness than perhaps his music. Like like that's I, I'm talking yeah I, w- I pre I argue with, argue with that
1: point. you know
0: a couple of years ago people I just don't like Kanye because they just see him shooting his mouth out. Yeah, one. and I'm like no no the, dude the records are just. At that Some point, of my that's, favorite music that's, of the last that is when I'll
1: point people towards his music yeah and just be like you may not be a fan of like his political opinions but listen to my beautiful dark Tracy fantasy and that might and that might change your opinion on him yeah like he could be like he could be a douche but that douche makes great music
0: undeniably yeah. like you can't you can't you can't deny that those yeah. records are great
1: like he's in, he's incredibly talented but just just needs to think about what he's saying because it just sounds like he's speaking from a point of just Complete ignorance without any any knowledge towards the effect of what he said is gonna have, which is a real shame. Yeah, yeah. Considering how much of an influence he used to be, to to artists, particularly artists of color, growing growing up in growing up in Chicago and stuff, and just what he's been through is such a powerful story. So to go from that to where he is now is just. It's just kind of muddled. Like, at what point did it did it all go wrong for him? Is what you is what you have to question.
0: Absolutely. In recent interviews, I, I've li- I listened to what he said. And I, just, mm. I just, I just, I think I've got no idea. What are you talking about?
1: Yeah. I've, I've just got no idea what. I mean, you're using words, but like, what are you saying? Because there are some points that that he that he makes, which which you which you should agree with. It's just how how he said them, and it's.
0: Do you th- do you think it's uh, someone uh, the other day likened him to Trump in that when mm. Trump comes out with no in the in in this obviously they they are kind of they're, they're different in a lot of ways. Mm. It seems that Trump doesn't have anyone around him and hasn't for a long time because mm. he's been this sort of millionaire. He surrounds himself with people who mm. just who basically just kiss his ass and like yeah. yes him all the time. Yeah. So no one says. we I mean, all we only people around us who go. What the fuck are you talking yeah. about? Trump doesn't seem to have that, and maybe Kanye, is it just because he's so successful, so famous, mm. doesn't seem to have anyone around him. It's going Kanye, what the fuck are you talking
1: about? If he does. Yeah. He just refuses to listen to them because there are so many people that have reached out to him with genuine love for him and what he's done, and he's just been like, "You, you can't tell me what to do." And I feel like the reason he's he's so supportive of Trump. It has nothing to do with his political opinions. Like he does, like he didn't know anything about Trump's policies. He just liked the fact that Trump was a businessman who had a business, made money from it, and then became president. Because that's what is essentially Kanye's aim. Like as he so declared two two or three years ago about how he was going to run for presidency in twenty twenty. And I think seeing seeing a businessman go from a businessman who who has no political ties whatsoever go from go from that point to becoming president, I think that's what he aspires to do. But he's just seemed to completely disregard everything that Trump's done whilst he's been yeah. president, because all he's focused on is getting to that point of presidency.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's like, no, like the, that. It's, it doesn't work like that.
0: You know what? When had said, I think he said it two, three years ago that he wanted to become president, yeah. right?
1: When he won his... And, and he was, when he won his vanguard.
0: You know, and you sort of, like... I remember snorting, like... <laughs> coffee through my nose at that point, thinking yeah. it was laughable. But but you know what? I was in full support but, of him at but, that point. I guess that's before he went... Mental. Before he kind of came out fully crazy. Or well, some of the things he's been saying recently, which, mm. is, which are just bonkers. Like, post-Trump. That, that could actually... That could actually happen. Yeah. Everything is a... Because, you know, because when, when, when Trump was the Republican candidate, you're like, well, this is, this is never going to happen. Mm. And obviously it's happened. Now we're post-Trump is american politics now more about celebrity than it is about political substance it definitely I know, it I definitely
1: it. i feel like it plays a, a big part particularly when you think about the people well the quote-unquote celebrities who were backing the the front runners like hillary clinton and who she and like the celebrities that she had that she had in her corner particularly particularly women 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 of women of power were definitely in their corner and Bernie Sanders because of everything he'd done in his like teen years, in his late adult years up until that point where he wanted to run for presidency like he had a lot of people genuinely rooting for him because he was rooting for he was, rooting, he was such like a big believer in yeah inequality particularly amongst like for people of colour I should say and then getting someone in like Trump sort of Shatters the glass. It does for seem a lot that, that it,
0: yeah, absolutely, and it does seem that there's there's a real time of change at the moment, for for, for, for better and for worse. We we've covered a lot of ground. Yeah, we should we should we should like be wrapping this. So how are we going to win I, I always say this in these podcasts. It's like starting and ending mm. is like it's like really hard. Um, maybe let every you out. You want to do? It? We can end with the plug. Yeah. Um, are you out? Are you out at all?
1: Unofficially, yes. Unofficially, v- very soon. Really? Okay. Very soon. Can you can you not give anyone any any, any details? No, because I'm going to get a phone call in five
0: minutes. Being like, you said what? <laughs> yeah, no. This will this will this whole chat will have to go through the your manager's. Uh, yeah. I should say our manager's. Uh, yeah. Uh, filter. Watchful watch eye. Like. Filter.
1: <laughs> Watchful eye.
0: Like. We love you, Charlie. Um, but no, no, it's been great, great, great.
1: Yeah, we don't we don't get to sit down and chat like this. We've
0: never, you know, this is the weird thing. This often. is what I'm saying. Like, I've never, um, I've never, like, actually sat down with you. Because I guess you don't when you're in sessions. No. You know, when you're in sessions, you just, you, you know, you're a musician, I'm a musician. Mm. You just sort of get on with it. Yeah. And also, like, I didn't, particularly when when we've been making music and stuff recently, I I didn't, I just, I don't know, I don't want to, to analyse what we're doing and it's like well, that, that's the kind of African mm. feel you got going there yeah. right? you, you just sort of just get on you with just it just get on with yeah. it yeah so it, it, this has been really interesting for mm. me
1: and thanks for coming in no thank you for having me
0: and um, yeah I look forward to hearing the record
1: yeah me too
0: yeah some great there's some great songs it's it.
1: just about picking the best 15 or so yeah just being like this is what represents me at this current point in my life yeah enjoy
0: not me. thanks
1: bye, bye.